Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. My name is Jay Shures, a pastor and certified kingdom advisor. We appreciate the fact you're using wisdom from this podcast to facilitate better financial stewardship in your life. If you have questions about today's podcast, feel free to give me a call at 888-226-7614. That's 888-226-7614. You can also find our contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com. Kingdomplanadvisory.com. You can sign up for a free consultation, send us an email, whatever you need to do to get a hold of us. If we can offer you any kind of of counsel regarding biblical financial stewardship. Now, today I'm going to start a series uh, of of podcasts, instructional podcasts, titled The Final Tithe. I'm actually in the process of writing a book called The Final Tithe, and I'm going to share uh, the information uh, that will be utilized in that uh, particular book, I think is very important. Now, recently, uh, my wife and I bought a, a home in uh, Bonita Springs, Florida. Uh, Bonita Springs, uh, if you're in there, you know uh, that there's a lot of money in that area. It's, it's a fairly wealthy area. We see a lot of, of uh, financial advisors, uh, CPAs, attorneys, that are all involved in the financial planning, estate planning, wealth building uh, businesses, and there's nothing wrong with that at all uh, in that particular area because of the the amount of assets that are attached to the residents in Lee and Collier County. Uh, I, I subscribed to the Naples uh, Daily News. Uh, and several times a week I would see different things on there regarding seminars of estate planning and wealth building and wealth transfer. Um, and, and when I look at that, and I, I pay attention to those things because my concern is that there's a lot of estate planning and wealth building that are, are world view oriented. Uh, at no time did I see anything in there that said um, estate planning with a biblical worldview or a biblical view or a kingdom-oriented view. Nothing of the sort. It's all worldview. So I want to take this opportunity for believers who are listening to this podcast that, that we uh, are tasked, okay, tasked with the position of steward. A steward is, by definition, someone who manages the assets of someone else. So... In regards to estate planning, with a biblical view, a biblical concept, a kingdom-oriented conceptual application of estate planning, the primary focus, the primary underlying foundation of estate planning with a biblical view is ownership. If you don't understand ownership, then you're, you're just kind of like a, a flock of birds just flying everywhere. Uh, and, and worldview comes into play. So what is worldview in estate planning? That's, well, my kids get this. So I'm going to divide it uh, 50-50 or 25-25-25-25. And does not include the kingdom. 
in any of the the estate planning. Now, I know there um, uh, are some people that include charitable organizations, and that's great. But from the foundation, from, from the beginning, A to Z, the estate planning must be obedient in how we apply uh, the the current day uh, r- laws regarding IRS uh, regulations, um, whatever it may be, uh, tax issues, ownership issues, Medicaid planning, all of that still starts with ownership. Still starts with ownership. So when I when I'm talking about ownership, it's probably one of the biggest hurdles that I face when dealing with uh, um, facilitating a, a an estate planning conversation with a believer. I'm not talking about a non-believer. I'm talking about a believer. Here's here's the thing. Ownership. Even the best of stewards may understand ownership uh, during their lifetime. But for whatever reason, they go to an estate planner, um, maybe an advisor, an attorney, that that all of a sudden says, well, who do you want to leave your money to? Who do you want to leave your assets to? Who do you want to leave your uh, $300,000 Porsche to? Who do you want to leave your IRA to? Who do you want to leave your house to? Who do you want to leave your rental properties to? Who do you want to leave your uh, antiques and your jewelry and your art? Who do you want to leave that to? And you say, well, you know, and you're looking for advice because... It, it's just one of those things where you you, you get a little uh, uh, throttled, um, for lack of a better word, and you say, "Well, you know, I've got two kids, and and I want to divide it evenly. Maybe set up some kind of tr- uh, trust uh, so that my grandchildren get, you know." But it's all living, breathing human beings. It's usually usually family oriented, and at no time does that worldview advisor or uh, attorney say, "What are your beliefs? What what is it that you're trying?" To do here, what is it that makes you tick? What is it um, that makes you smile? And beliefs are just not part of the conversation. People, that that's alarming to me. That that we can go through our lifetime understanding the role of a steward, but yet at, at our our estate planning, our wills, and our trusts, and our beneficiary designations on our accounts, all of a sudden. The kingdom's not involved. And people, to me, that is theft. At what point do you say, God owns it all, and then at death I own it, and I'm going to give it to whoever I want? You don't own it. You don't own it. So I want to go through some scriptures here. uh, Because I just want to establish the foundation of ownership. I'll get into the wills and trusts and beneficiary designations and all those things on later podcasts. Today, I want to talk about ownership. And I used a pretty harsh word, theft. But that, in my opinion, that's what it is at our death if we do not include the kingdom in our estate planning, in our beneficiary designations, in our trust, uh, um, you know, revocable, irrevocable, whatever it may be. We've got to include the kingdom. Why? Because we still don't own it even at our death. We're not taking it with us, right? You've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse pulling all of your assets. And a, a you know, quarter of a, a century as a financial planner, I've never went uh, and I've never been asked to take someone's uh, 401k or IRA and put it in the casket. You don't need it in heaven. God doesn't need it in heaven. Streets are already paved with gold, right? So let's talk about ownership. From a 
foundational standpoint and to establish ownership issues, let's look at scripture. All right. Let's not look at um, financial planning 101 on Google. Let's look at scripture. In Psalms 24.1, it says, a Psalm of David, the earth is the Lord's and all, it didn't say some, it says all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. There is number one, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. That's your 401ks, your 457s, your 403bs, your uh, brokerage accounts, your Porsche, your Mercedes, your jewelry, your diamonds, your gold, all of it. God owns it all. You don't own it. Ephesians 4, 6 says, One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Hebrews 3, 4. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Alright, so there's 1, 2, and 3. Number 4, 1 Corinthians 10, 26. For the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. So it's the second time we've heard that, right? Haggai 2.8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. Psalms 50.10, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. First Chronicles 29.12, both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all and in your hand is power and might and it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Leviticus 25.33, I'm sorry, 25.23, The land, moreover, shall not be sold permanently, for the land is mine, for you are all but aliens and sojourners with me. That, that one, for whatever reason, that one really just kind of sticks with me. For the land is mine, but you are all but aliens and sojourners with me. Luke 12.20, But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now... Who will you own or what will you own or who will own what you have prepared? So we're talking about the grains and building bigger barns, right? Acts 4.24. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God and with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Psalms 104.24. O Lord, how many are your works and wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. Let me read that again, just, just in case you missed it. O Lord, how many are your works? In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. Matthew 21, 3. If anyone says to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Job 41, 11. Who has given to me what I should repay, or who has given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. Wow. Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. And the last verse I want to share with you is Genesis fourteen nineteen. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abr- Abram of God, most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Listen, there is no misunderstanding of who owns it all. There is no uh, a gray area there. There is no, uh, well, I didn't quite understand it. Well, you know, Pastor Jay, your, your, your understanding is just a little different of mine. Your, your, your perception is different of those verses. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that with those verses. You can't twist them. You can't turn them. You can't use them from your own benefit in regards to taking ownership of your estate plan. You, you just can't do it. So how... Do we use that information? How do we use that information? So, 
if we understand God owns it all, why would our estate plan not include the kingdom? Why would our estate plan not include a final tithe? Returning to the kingdom, what is the kingdom's? Now, I'm here to tell you, every person's situation is different. All right? Now, I've had naysayers say, but Jay, there's a verse in the scripture that says, leave an inheritance to your kids and your kids' kids, or your children and your children's children. Listen, this is 2021. Would your kids be living under a bridge in a box if you didn't leave them your full inheritance? I didn't, see that, I didn't say that you can't leave them anything. What I'm saying is that you should include the kingdom in your estate plan. If God, and, and I don't want to uh, argue about you know, a tithe and, and love offerings. It's, it's, uh, there is where you can, you can use old, te- old law and new law. Um, or under grace and old law. However you want to package that. But... <clears throat> If you understand that that you know when when you're going to church and you write a check and you're throwing money in the in in the offering plate, why are you doing that? You know, if you understand what Scripture says, you are returning to God what is already His. That that's what you're doing. That is what you're doing. If you were under old law, you'd be given a lot more. But if we believe that while we're living and we believe that while we are practicing our faith. Why at death do we stop? Why, why, when you're filling out your life insurance beneficiaries and you're sitting down with a life insurance agent and he says, Well, who are we going to name as beneficiaries? Well, I'm going to leave uh, uh, my children. Uh, okay, 50 50, 25 25, 25 25. Now, here's, here's where I want you to understand that every situ- person's situation is different. So, for example, if it was a husband and wife and the husband has a, a large 401k, and his spouse is dependent upon the income from that 401k at his passing, people, I am not saying that he, he or she has to include the kingdom in that first passing. I, God tells us in 1 Timothy 5.8 that we are to provide for our, our family members, especially those of our immediate household. What I'm saying is, as a husband and wife, that... On the second passing, we include the kingdom. That is my personal opinion, okay? That we that once mom and dad are gone, or grandma and grandpa are gone, both are gone, and no one is reliant upon that income to survive, you know, to pay the utility bills, to buy food, to pay, you know, whatever, uh, car insurance, that is when the, the kingdom is part of the estate plan. Now, there's another variable here. If it's a family-owned business, and if you said, well, I'm going to give 10% to the kingdom on my way out, and the your children or your family members that are part of the small business that you own jointly, um, or your, your children, or their, their sole income is from that small business that you're going to leave them, then making them uh, liquidate 10% of the, the uh, hard assets or liquid assets uh, on the way out is probably not in the best interest. But what you can do is you could do a, a situation where, um, you know, you include life insurance. You include, it, there's ways that you can include the kingdom on the passing there. But, you know, a really good situation. So I live in a, a area full of farmers. You know, I would not expect that the, the man and the, or the husband and wife or mom and dad 
um, to to give ten percent or twenty percent to the kingdom on their way out. And to do that, they they liquidate farm ground that would have passed on to, uh, you know, maybe it's a family farm been in the the, the family for a hundred years. So every situation is different. That that situation is is in particular different. Okay. What I'm saying is, when your children are independent, all right, they've got their own jobs, they've got their own retirement, got their own homes, they're raising their own families, you do not, there is no law that says you have to automatically give them, you know, an equal distribution from your estate. What I'm saying is, that is where an opportunity exists for you to be an obedient steward and serve the kingdom. All right? 10%, 15%, 20%, 5%, 10%, 15%, 20%, 5%, whatever it may be. That's where a conversation comes into play and we figure out what can be done. My point today is you must understand you don't own it. You are managing God's assets. And to automatically exclude the kingdom at your death in your estate plan, in your will, and your beneficiary designations, in my opinion, is a form of theft. All right? I personally don't want to. I, I don't want to have my stewardship reviewed, which it will be. Okay, my life will be reviewed. My 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 faith will be reviewed. My salvation will be reviewed. Okay, my stewardship is going to be reviewed. All of ours. And I don't want to answer at the at the gates. They say, "Hey, wait a minute. You know, I blessed you throughout your life." You know, you were a good saver. You avoided the use of debt. You, you did all these things. And at your death, you just gave it all to your kids. What what, what happened there? Are, are they good stewards? Well, the answer is probably not. Not as good of a steward as their mom and dad. Not yet. They will learn. Uh, I think we all go through a hard learning curve in our stewardship. Um, the, the reality is that... that um, you know, a lifetime of saving money will probably be spent in the first six months after your death. That is where my experience as a financial planner over the last 25 years comes into play. Because when you, the, there is no value on the money when you don't earn it, right? So what I see is inheritances that go to children or grandchildren are spent within the first 12 months. What does that do to serve the kingdom? Very little, very little. I'm going to stop it there. Uh, like I said, over the next several weeks, uh, several podcasts, I'm going to really dig into a final tithe in the estate plan and why we include the kingdom in our estate plan and to utilize scripture in our estate plan. Today was establishing ownership, and I hope that I did that. I hope that you understand um, the ownership issue, that God owns it all. We are simply managing the assets of God. Um, you're, you're f- feel free to, to go to the ultimate Christian podcast network, uh, page webpage, uh, and you can get the notes from this program with all the scriptures. Uh, that would be wonderful. Um, just to fact check me. Uh, I would love that. Listen, a lot of this is new information and I get that. A lot of times you you think that you've done everything good because you actually were proactive and you went to an estate planning attorney and now all of a sudden Pastor Jay says, uh, did you include the kingdom in your estate plan? If you didn't, you're a thief. Now all of a sudden you either tune me out or you tune me in. Right? The greatest thing about estate planning is that you can normally make changes unless it's an irrevocable trust. Uh, And you could fix that issue. All of a sudden you walk in and you say, um, 
I didn't include the kingdom, but I want to. And I'm going to ask you questions like, what makes you smile? What is it that you're involved with now? What ministries are you involved with? What charitable organizations are you involved with? What makes you smile? What what kingdom issue have you been involved with over your lifetime that you would like to continue on your way out? It's actually a pretty uh, a cool feeling. Uh, it's a, a feeling of contentment when a person includes the kingdom in their estate plan. So I'm going to stop there. Um, give me a call. I would love to talk to you about it. 888-226-7614. Um, if you're an attorney that is practicing worldview uh, and you don't like what I just said, call and talk to me. We'll have a pretty good conversation about how to include the kingdom in estate planning with your clients. Um, estate planning is not for you, Mr. Attorney or Mrs. Attorney uh, or Mr. or Mrs. Financial Advisor. Estate planning is for your client. And if you have a client who is a believer, the best advice that you could give them is to include the kingdom in their estate plan because you're going to allow them to be obedient in their stewardship. You're going to facilitate and help them be obedient stewards. That's what I do, right? So kingdomplanadvisory.com. If you want to sign up for a free consultation, I'd be happy to help you. If you want to get me or include me in a conversation with your current advisor or estate planning attorney, I would love to do that. I'm, I'm an old soul when it comes to this. Uh, been around the block many, many times. And, and it would be an enjoyable conversation to have uh, with your current advisors. Uh, if your advisors balk at, at uh, you trying to include the kingdom in your estate planning and trying to be an obedient steward, then then uh, maybe you need to find someone else uh, because you are answering for your stewardship, not them. So I hope this helps. Um, like I said, over the next several podcasts, we're going to be talking about the final tithe. And I hope and I pray that this information it really facilitates you being a better financial steward. God bless. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit KingdomPlanAdvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.